back to the ice cream parlor. I'm Heidi, and that's Stefan. Hey. And this is where we watch horror movies and then discuss them. Yeah, that's right. Um, please take a moment and subscribe to this podcast, uh, whether it be on YouTube or whatever platform that you watch. Or listen your, to. Or listen to your podcast We're on. We're fucking uh, everywhere. We, we really appreciate that. <laughs> so now that we've got that out of the way first, um, how's everything going? Oh, it's... Going all right. Going all right. We are recording on December 31st, so new we don't have Year's, to record tonight. Yeah, New Year's happy Eve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Or early New Year. Um, and happy holidays, too, because we've been taking a little bit of a vacation and An a break. An accidental vacation. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. things well, happen. So. How, were the, how were your holidays? It was good. It was great. Um, I had lots of fun. I got myself a, a at-home beer tap, so... <laughs> That's what great. is it like the hopsy thing yeah yeah you get these little mini kegs you put it in there and then you, you know you get That's your own beer cool. on the tap at the house it's cool nice uh coincidentally i got myself uh, you know a very alcoholic gift as well like that oh. um <laughs> little wine subscription i'm guessing <laughs> i got a wine subscription that's right um i drink lots of reds but mostly i stick to cabs because they're my favorite mm-hmm. and um this subscription like gives me different kinds of reds and so far I don't like them so much, but I went to Truxton's last night and I found a wine and I'm like, I'm taking you home. Um, so lots of reds yeah, and nice. lots of wine. So you didn't like the first one that you tried from the I wine didn't. Club? Uh, I'm on my second one. This is not one of those. This is one of my other good cats. It's your go-tos. <laughs> it's one of my go-tos. <laughs> nice. Um, I have cheap go-tos and have expensive go-tos, but yeah. my cheap go-tos are generally gnarly head. I have this really cool beer mug at the house, but I keep forgetting to bring it, and I end up drinking out of your large, humongous wine glass. Yeah, Patty Case gave me that, I think, last year for Christmas, and that was, um, it holds a whole bottle of wine. Yeah, an entire bottle of wine in this glass. It's fun, but I got to bring my little beer mug over here, maybe. Yeah, this one here um, was given to me one of my ex-friends. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Ex-friends. You don't hear that too often. Well, you know, sometimes people are in your life for as long as they need to be, and then you learn your lesson, and then you move forward. Right. Yeah. Associates. No, they were friends, almost family, but sometimes you need to weed your gardens, bro. Yeah. Well, so uh, anything else? I know you, your son, I think, had a birthday recently. My son turned 13. He's officially a teenager, and therefore teenagers. I am now a mother of only teenagers. Yeah. <sighs> It's uh, it's insane, and of course he wanted to go to medieval times dinner and tournament. <laughs> but he and the thing is, we only go for the garlic bread. Really? He likes the show, but he prefers the garlic bread. <laughs> Just get him some garlic bread at the house then. I next have a time. freezer full of Texas <laughs> toast. That sounds fun, and uh, sounds like a milestone in your life. You yeah, know? and my daughter is getting her portfolio ready for art school. <laughs> That's so good. it's. It's getting real, and it's going to get real expensive pretty soon. Art school. She's going to live with me forever, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, got to get a bigger house eventually. I'm just, like, really glad that my kids are – because I'm not very creative. I mean, my my creative outlet is talking about other people's creative outlets. So you're a commentator. um, Yeah, I'm I'm good at words, I guess. Um, But I'm really glad that both of my kids – are super creative uh, my daughter's an artist and my son creates these worlds in his head and it's just 
insane. <laughs> I think I did the same thing in my lifetime. I created a bunch of worlds in my head, but they didn't really ever pan out to be anything substantial. <laughs> well, so what he he used to do, um, he used to get my phone and he would just record movies with his, he's into kaiju and Godzilla, Godzilla monsters, Ultraman monsters. So um, he would like make these storylines and he's 13. He'll still go to the kitchen and just bang around with those uh, with the monsters like he goes and gets actual collectibles and <laughs> yeah I know I've seen it it's tough to watch but, hey to each his own um yeah hey, but I mean it's, it's cool and then for new year um for tonight I'm not doing anything other than getting wine drunk and staying at home because fuck driving around LA at midnight or after midnight it's fucking ridiculous yeah yeah definitely don't want to try to drive if possible that's right Oh, something else that happened. I had to get uh, a wisdom tooth removed because it was being an asshole in the middle of the fucking night on a on a Sunday when all dentists were closed. Oh, my God. That sounds painful. It was the best weekend ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Christmas, I was sick. I had a cold. But like one of those colds where your bones hurt. I guess it may have been a yeah. flu. I don't know. I haven't been sick for a while. So, but yeah, when you, when you kind of like feel... Like you said, your body just aches or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that All was right, Well, it. I'm glad you're feeling better because you look like you're in better spirits now. Uh, yes. And spirits. Spirits, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> cheers to that. Mm. Here. Cheers first and then drink. Whatever. It's okay. Drink All right. Always. So to get back at the topic at hand, we are watching. This week we're discussing The Exorcist. New, yeah. The Exorcist is not a new movie of The Exorcist. <laughs> the supposedly the version that nobody's ever seen. But The it is, scariest movie of all time. The re-release with the. Um, the with, extra scenes yeah. that they didn't show you in the beginning, which we'll get into later. Yeah. 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 Um, now, this movie. The reason I chose this movie this week was because I went to a record store last weekend and when I was at the record store they had this whole like dusty movie section because I guess nobody really goes into the record store for the movies uh-huh. and um this movie was three dollars and 99 cents all right yeah this got the sticker <laughs> still on it right there so yeah it's a record store so, in Westchester um I mean a that's a good deal but b that also just shows you the value of the movie nowadays people are just like ah because everything's on a streaming service yeah but I did Sad, find I did find Zadoichi for a dollar ninety nine. I don't know what that is. <sighs> Sounds <So>. Asian, I'm <laughs> guessing. Yes. It's a blind swordsman. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. What is it, a kung fu movie? It's a swordsman movie. <laughs> so it's not a horror movie, but it's No, a... but I like Sadoichi. Oh, okay. I also found um I found something else, I don't remember. Um, a few other ones. It was, it was a John Carpenter movie. You told me it was. I think one. Oh, with, uh, Wicker Man. Not that one, but yeah, no, you did, yeah, but that's not a John Carpenter movie. No, I'm telling you, um, ones Wicker I found. Man, right? Yeah. Wicker Man. The and other the one other was one something was... about madness into madness or something. Mm-hmm. The mouth of madness. The mouth of madness, right? Which is also a Rob Zombie song. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> in the mouth of madness. Sing it. Down in the darkness. <laughs> you know if Rob Zombie was at the Viper Room recently don't tell me that yeah he was um, it was for some show that I was telling you about that uh, we thought we might go see but then we were like ah 
We didn't have it. It was for some a band called like the Dos Ferratus or something oh, like that. Oh, the Dos Ferratus. <laughs> and uh, what was the other one? I don't know, the Hexams or something yeah. like that. So I don't know. Just I know you're into like horror and music and, and you like to mix the two. Horror music bands? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we had mentioned about maybe going and checking this thing out, but it's because it seemed like it was a more of like a local type of show, you know? And maybe it was, but I happened to see on the Viper Room's Instagram that Rob Zombie showed up to Dose support the Dose Ferratu or something. Nice. Well, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> should listen to you more. But the problem is this. <clears throat> I don't ever want to go out until I'm already out. So the trick is getting out of the fucking house. Oh, that's the easy part for me. Well, that's the hard part for me. It's like, I'm fine just staying at home, not doing a goddamn thing. And the thing is, it's the whole process is having to get up, shower, do something with all of this fucking hair, put makeup on, get clothes that don't make me look like a slob, and then um, getting out of the fucking house, and then getting to where you are. But then once you're there, like once I'm out, I don't want to come home. Yeah. So the, the trick is getting me out of the house. So next time there's something that you think we should do, which is usually just kick your butt till you get up and no, out of don't the house. Do that because I could take you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll just let that one slide. <laughs> um, no, I mean that, that's all it is. Really, it's all it. All it is is just getting out of the house. Yeah. Because fuck that. <laughs> so um, you want to tell me so, a little bit about the movie that we might not already know? Obviously, we both have seen this one before. Yes. This isn't a new so, one on the block. Actually, I wanted my kids to watch this movie with me, but they're like, nah, it doesn't look scary. But it could just also be the time. You've brought this one up. You've brought this one up. Brought in. I thought that, I don't know. I'm making no you have new to words. You've right your now. horizons, yeah, bro. Brought in my horizons. What I meant to say is that you brought this up in other episodes in the past saying that you'd only watch it during the day and you're not really ready for it because it scares the shit out of you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this movie used to scare the fucking crap out of me mm-hmm. and so we started you and i started watching this movie in the afternoon and then we took a break because i don't know what and then we started watching it again later that evening and then it wasn't so much like super scary for me but if you notice i also turned all the lights on now it didn't scare me as much as it used to before even with the additional scenes like it didn't scare me it used to scare the fuck out of me but now it's like, mm, maybe because I'm, I understand what I think the message is there versus the actual scares. I, yeah, I, I was very scared of this movie as a child. Like, I don't think I was able to actually see it all the way through, but I do, you know, I knew of certain scenes. I maybe saw a few parts of the movie. And then uh, I do remember watching it in my youth. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of parts that I could understand were at that time very scary. But watching it again now, I'm not so sure because I'm very, uh, um, I don't know, desensitized these days. But then also it's just like a lot of it, I, I just don't, I find it's entertaining, but it's not something I believe in anymore. As a, co- a kid, I would believe in these things as if they were really real. And right. now it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's not real. So that's why it's fun. It's it's just imagination and it's entertainment and it's fairy tales. So it's great. But as people from ethnic descent, we all have had that 
somebody who has been possessed in our family or something or in our village yeah, or in our town. Like that's just something that exists in our cultures. I'm skeptic. Even though we're I'm different still, cultures. I'm skeptic still though. Yes. And I've had a family member who supposedly has gone through an exorcism. I wasn't around or I was too young at the time, but I've heard stories and they, they describe it um, in detail. And I've heard it, um, you know, many other times in my dad's home country and whatever that cer- certain people or so-and-so had been possessed and they had to get some sort of a priest or, or uh, whatever to do an exorcism and all that. But I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't know how to rationalize it. And in my head, I feel like there is something that's just, you believe in it enough. Yes, you can manifest it. And therefore you believe in that. And if you don't, <laughs> I'm going to leave that crazy stare in there. <laughs> um, if you don't believe in it, then guess what? They're not real anymore. And that's sort of the, the same way it goes in, in the movies, you know, like in Freddy versus Jason, they had to believe in Freddy again to get to, for him to gain power, to be able to do harm. So it's, if that's really a real part of it, and if they are real, then just don't believe in that shit. And then it goes away. Oh, okay. Simple, simple. Just as don't that. believe in your beliefs that yeah. you've that been in, in England no, and, and, no, and you've no. been brought up on, like, don't believe in that shit. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But you that's just what she said. All right. So the synopsis is when a teenage girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll go into this after the break. Um, but there is so much that I saw in this movie that I'm like, wait, did they intend for that to be that? So we'll get into it. My entire upbringing, I watched it and then avoided it and then watched it and then avoided it because it terrified the crap out of me after seeing it so many times. Even now where I wasn't so scared of it, I definitely had moments afterwards where I was like, I'm going to watch something on Disney plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest fears for people is that it's the fear of, of something that you don't technically see. It's, it's not like the demons come in and show themselves first and then possess you. You're just possessed. So then you don't know how, how it happened, what to do or how to get out of it. And they're controlling your body or whatever. Right. So, well, so here's the thing. I have a bulldog named Bugsy who's kind of blind. And so the kitchen light is on, right? <laughs> all night so but everything else in the house is off and before going to bed after watching this movie i really was thirsty i wanted something to drink so i went through the house turned on all the lights until i got to the kitchen the safe zone and got juice come back out and then i start turning off all the lights and i purposefully had my phone in my hand so i was reading something supposedly but just so that i wouldn't look like peripherally at anything to the sides to make sure that I didn't see any demon faces. <laughs> Not that I expect them to be there, but I also don't want my mind to play a trick on me to make me think that there is a demon face there and scare the shit out of me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid and I watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space for the first time, I couldn't go and take a shower without, like, and, like, whenever I had to wash my face, like, in other words, I had to have my eyes open all the time. So if I so had you'd to- always burn your eyes? No, I would close them and I wash my face real quick, but I'd try to open them real quick and like, you know, because I felt like that the longer my eyes stayed closed, that eventually something would pop up and and it would be either a killer clown or some sort of monster or whatever. And so I was like trying to wash my face and get my eyes open, get the water out of my eyes as quick as possible. So that way I could um, have the sense of security that there was nothing there. 
But if the longer my eyes stayed closed, <laughs> the more um, I would get nervous that something would appear. So it's just, I get that. Um, but, I mean, and- yeah, so that's exactly it. Um, I do the same thing. Uh, so when I get out of the shower uh, and it gets all foggy, um, I, you wipe the I wipe the mirror. It scares me. So what I do is I just wrap up in a towel and I open the bathroom door and I go to my bedroom, get dressed, and then I come back into the bathroom when all of the... Because you're afraid that when you wipe it, somebody's going to be behind you. Yes. And there's this movie that I saw when I was a kid and I don't remember what it was, but it was like this monster that this girl was wiping the thing off and there was this monster behind her and it had this long nose kind of like... Um, Kind of like the plague doctors, you know, they had that mask. Yeah, I've made some of those masks before. Really? Yes. I want one. Yeah, I've made a a couple of them. Well, I can't tell you why, otherwise I have to kill you. (laughs) But But, you're slowly doing that, so what's the harm? (laughs) (laughs) I'm slowly killing you. I'm killing you softly. No, not softly at all. (laughs) All right, so Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the movie. Okay. In... um, in major Five. detail. It, like we're so going to talk about de- every like smells, little thing. Everything. Everything. We're going to spoil every little part of the movie there for you. There will be spoilers. You. And uh, yeah, we're not going to miss anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Broad strokes. We're going to go stroke some broads. We'll be right back. And we're back. Well, what the fuck are you drinking? Oh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking some IPA from a local brewery here in Santa Monica, just around the corner, I believe. Santa Monica Brew Works, Beach Brewed, Inclined IPA. Yes. 7%. Yes, 7%. That's a nice, round, even number. (laughs) 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 All right, so, yeah, right, forget my stupid humor here. What's uh, where are we at with it? So now All we're right. gonna go ahead and talk about this movie. Absolutely. And so I want to preface this with I do like this movie, and I believe it does have its place in horror movie history and film history in general. But um, watching it this time around, I definitely had different opinions on the the whole thing. But anyways, let's go ahead and start this off. Let's get this party started. Let's get it started. All right. So, really quickly, this movie uh, was released December 26, 1973. Wow, the day after Christmas. Exactly. So, hmm. the 70s ushered in, yes, serial killers and stuff in the real world, but also uh, devil uh, movies about devil and, and possessions and, you know, all the things that led up to the satanic panic of right, the 80s. Right, so, so, this is also, like, I'm thinking music-wise, Kiss and, like, devil music kind of stuff right. was starting well, to so be, you, pre- you know, prevalent. Like I said, all of this, like, these satanic movies and stuff mm-hmm. led up to the satanic panic of the 80s. Right, right? yeah. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> the satanic panic. The satanic panic. Is that what they called it? Did they coin it that for real? Yes. Really? Yes. And so this movie actually um, directed by William Friedkin. Yeah. Based off the novel of the same name who was written by that other guy, Vladdy. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and you said something. Who the fuck is William Friedkin? Well, I'll have you know. Well, I was saying he's in my head. A one-hit wonder. Like a one-hit wonder because, yeah, he did The Exorcist and that was a great movie. But did he do any others that were like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's no Wes Craven, right? Well, he <laughs> he directed The French Connection. Oh, okay. Well, and that won five Oscars. 
<laughs> but not a horror movie, though. No. Okay. So um, he was a versatile guy. He kind of Right, no. So that movie yeah. was about New York City cops and a French drug smuggling ring mm-hmm. or something like that. Then he did To Live and Die in L.A., which is a... About secret service agent who to brings down a counterfeiter. It's a place to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Guardian, which is a horror movie based on um, infant sacrifices or something like that to oh, a tree. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, Jade, which is like a really good movie from the 90s. Wait, is that like one where it was like a green cover mm-hmm. and it had like... Um, a scripper? Yes. She was like a brunette. <laughs> Yes. Forgot her name, but she was yes. like she had her moment in the mm-hmm. in the nineties. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, that's coincidentally when I came out. And Bug with Ashley Judd, and I've been on this Ashley Judd quick lately. Ashley. I've been on this Ashley Judd kick lately. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that a new term I haven't heard before? <laughs> um, I've been watching so many like, uh, like. Uh, movies from the 80s and 90s lately yes but, but for sure all the ashley judd movies with morgan freeman like along came a no that not that one the other one right along came a spider a uh, long kiss goodnight oh was she kiss in both the of girls. those no i'm talking about like these are all the movies that i've seen mm-hmm. she was in two of the ones and she was in eye of the beholder and she was in um shoot what is that movie that i just watched like last night or the night before and it was the bone collector no that's angelina jolie oh well, I know. I'll collect her bone. But you watched that recently. Yes, I, was, I told you. Yeah. I've been on this huge kick. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of them are actually dead movies. But the one that I'm having trouble like bringing up is she was an attorney who was representing her husband who was being framed for some um, massacre in El Salvador. Anyway. I, I don't think I saw that one. Anyway. So he's done some movies is what I'm saying. Okay. So William Freakin's <laughs> not a one-hit wonder, but, you know. Okay. He had a couple hits. Um, and this was, uh, released by Warner Brothers and this was their highest grossing film of all time after you adjust for inflation. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, you have to remember even when, like when it was released, it, it, a lot of people went to watch it and, um, neighborhoods because they didn't think that, um, black people would want to watch The Exorcist. Then when they well, released it. Oh, why do you it, think so? Because it was just like. Not up their alley, or you think it's because well, they... this was during the era of the black exploitation films. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they released a film in movie theaters, like in Westwood, and they saw that there were so many black people that came to watch it that they're like, oh, and then they started putting the um, move. They started booking the the movie in South Central theaters, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of started the ushering out of the black exploitation films, or one of the reasons cited for that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I thought that was very actually yeah. very interesting. Because this movie really it makes its mark more if it's played for a spiritual crowd. You know, I mean, yeah, not to you know, whatever. I'm just saying, a lot of atheists were probably like, "What is all this comedy?" <laughs> They're like she spins her head right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh, you know, definitely if you go home at night and you're really you know believing in the spiritual and otherworldly entities and things like that again belief is going to manifest it yeah so absolutely well so this film um linda blair who plays a little girl reagan Mm -hmm. uh she was actually receiving death threats um like a i don't know like which that's from religious zealots who believed that the film was glorifying satan 
So, but, but why send death threats to her? Because she, I mean, she's maybe a young she was girl. the easiest person to reach. Uh, but Warner Brothers, like, even had to um, pay for bodyguards for her for six months after the, the after the film was so released. Stupid. I mean, I just what's stupid about it is the people who think they're doing something to making you know making a, a mark, doing right for a cause. They're like picking on at, a child. Yeah, yeah, the wrong person. Like go Stupid. after the head of the of the movie. Um, Don't go after anybody. <laughs> well, it's, it's a just, fucking movie. You know, right? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you're going to direct your anger at somebody, so it's not the at children ever. Yeah. Um, unless child's name is Damien. <laughs> All right. So the film was released in the UK, and many towns banned it. Yeah. Well, the UK bans everything. They well, banned Evil Dead. That they banned ignited. All, you know, the creation of exorcist bus trips. And what that was is people from towns where it was banned would get on buses and go to the neighboring town that did play it. Oh, well, that's a perfect solution right It's a reach around. Yeah, that's great. It's a smart move. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Now, I remember I just, you know, when I was growing up, I guess I do remember when this movie was re-released again and they did put in the extra footage because mind you, all these people in the early days were scared over something that didn't have this extra footage that was more shocking and whatever. Well, Um, that's actually what I was meaning to point out when I started saying all of what I did, but then I got distracted by looking at my wine and I really wanted to drink some. Um, it's You have to remember that it was released twice. It twice, was released right, yeah. regularly, and then later on it was released with the added added uh, scenes. Mm-hmm. Right, and I do remember that. I remember going to the movie theater being, with, being like, yeah, I was going to go see The Exorcist. And um, again, like at that time, I feel like I was a little bit too old. To, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I go and I enjoy these movies because I... I, it's not that I believe in the, the things and I'm, I'm scared. I just enjoy the movie for what it's, what it is and how it's put together. And, you know, I get a good rise out of it. I don't go home and then mm, like, what kind of rise? <laughs> I don't go home and then like, you know, turn on all the lights when I sleep and stuff like that. I mean, I, I've no, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's all about environment. If I was stuck at going back to a, a log cabin in the middle of the woods after watching that, then yes, every little noise you hear, you're gonna be like, what the fuck was that? Satan. Satan. <laughs> but you know, if you, in my situation, that's not where, where I'm at. And I feel like I, I just, I enjoy it. I go home and it's, that's that I can go to sleep and wake up the next morning and we're all good. But oh. yeah, anyways, I do remember when it was released. I remember it was a big thing. They put the extra footage. And I also remember the the, the prequel one they made. That was the beginning. The beginnings. Yeah. Right. So there were several parts made. I think mm-hmm. what I don't four re- different. I don't think I've ever seen the two or three. There was a TV series about, um, at one point in time. I, don't, I haven't seen any of that. But like, um, I do remember the prequel beginning one. I do like, um, like there was also the the what is it the possession of Emily Rose Emily, yeah the exorcism, the exorcism of, of Emily Rose. Yeah. So I, I don't think the, I've seen. I like that. that. I like those kinds of movies, um, but specifically like anything that has to do with religion and other than End of Days and Stigmata, you know, <laughs> <laughs> anything that's really like just the End of the, Days is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Anything has to do with it. I don't even know if he says that in the movie, but. Get to the chopper. The end of days is coming. Uh, Wait, no, that just turned into a different accent. We recently watched The Running Man. 
I know. Oh my God, it was the best movie I've seen in such a long time. I can't believe you've never seen it. I can't believe I've never seen it either. It's got it was so actually many really good. corny one-liners in that up movie. the entire time. It was the funniest <laughs> comedy ever created. Um, okay, what was I saying? Oh, we were talking about Stigmata. Uh, All right, so aside from those movies, yeah. and, and one of my all-time favorite movies, you're going to laugh, Constantine. Aside <laughs> <laughs> Aside yeah. from those, it's really hard for me to get into movies that are super, super religious, like as far as in Catholicism, because I don't know enough about it to mm. really understand all of the inner workings and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know enough about it to to say, oh, um, this is why that happened. This is why that happened. Like, I really want to be informed, but there's just too much trauma there for me. I mm. can't get into the Catholic religion right mm. now. Right. So maybe at some point I'll be able to research it kind of like I do a movie. But um, it's just really hard for yeah. me to kind of uh, have a connection and, mm-hmm. and feel invested in a movie. Um, aside from the ones that I mentioned, because those are fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Although I was really, really, really a fan of the comic of the comics um, Preacher. Preacher is a, is um, about like the... <sighs> I don't even know how to describe it. Okay. Well, that's great. There's a comic <laughs> called Preacher, and I don't know it's about it. It's fucking awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. It's awesome. I'll do a I'll do a um ice cream sundae on Preacher. Yeah, we need to yeah, we should do that. Sounds good. Okay. Now So the movie starts like this. I wanna yeah, I wanna get into this movie so we can just kind of like touch on some of these points. All right. So the movie starts like this. Call to prayer. Yeah, now, funny enough... At an archaeological dig. Well, I know that they specifically used the Islamic call to prayer, which they call the Adhan. Yeah, but they were supposed to be in Iran. No, they were in Iraq. In the desert. That's exactly where it would be. Okay. But the weird thing about what, I'm I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Never mind, let's go. They're in a place where it should, it is authentic and it should be recognized. And technically what would have happened is everybody would have dropped their uh, tools and stopped working and gone to the local mosque or wherever, or even in their own, wherever they're at, and they would just pray and then they'd get back to work. But they, um, the Hollywood, and they're working. Yeah. The Hollywood version obviously used that for some sort of authenticity. And then unfortunately you know, didn't realize that people were supposed to stop doing what they're doing and go pray. But um, anyways, that's just a little tidbit that I happen to realize. But I find it funny that that's how it opened as well, because it's a movie that's highly around the Catholic religion, yet, you know, it's got some tie-ins with the whole Islamic religion there in the beginning. Two things. Yeah. Tell one, me. Um, what I was going to say is it was filmed in Iraq, but if it was, or Iran, whichever one it was, but that's where it was supposed to take place. But they weren't allowed to film there. They had to film it elsewhere. So there is not even anywhere there. Like, it's not in either Iraq or Iran. And I forget the place. That's what I was going to tell you. Gotcha. Two, what if the true religion is Islam? (laughs) It's a lot of people that believe that. And the reason why nobody else who was around this artifact that they end up finding gets possessed or even afflicted or or um, affected by it is because they don't have the Catholic beliefs. Because the only one that was affected was Father Marin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the call to prayer. This kid comes up to Father Marin and tells him we found something, and then they find this little um, 
like carving mm-hmm. of um, Pazuzu's face. Yeah. Is that, so I don't know if we already know that it's that or whatever. But We don't know it's Pazuzu. It just looks like a little like weird head to me. Right. And then we follow Father Marin throughout the town and everything. And finally he finds, no, I mean, we, we understand that he has a heart condition. He has to take these little pills. They look like Altoids. They look like um, those little uh Yeah, they're a little smaller than Altoids, actually. Yeah, like yeah. the little pills that you give your um, your kids when they have gas when they're infants. <laughs> <laughs> I anyway. wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but that's we, we find out that he has a heart condition. We find out he's a priest. We find out his name is Father Marin. But then in this great scene, he comes face to face with the Pazuzu statue. Mm-hmm. Now, Pazuzu is a demon from Babylonia era uh, mythology. Um, and he's a demon who brings famine during a dry season and locusts during the rainy season. Mm-hmm. He is often, oh, he has the body of a man, head of a lion or a dog, talons of an eagle, two sets of wings. And a giant cock. And a scorpion's tail. <laughs> it looked like he But had the statue a... does seem to have a cock. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's considered to be an evil spirit, but because he's so evil, he also deters other evil spirits, which in turn means he's also protecting humans. Right. But living in the desert has nothing to do with the famine and all that other shit either, right? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, logic, logic, logic. But he's also identified as Beelzebub. Beelzebub? I've heard of Beelzebub. Beelzebub or what did you say? Beelzebub? Beelzebub has a devil side for me. Beelzebub is how it looks like it's spelled to me. But, you know, I'm not versed in these kind of things. I, I'm uh, I'm a non-believer, I guess. Well, that's what Pazuzu is. That's cool. All right. All right. So he comes for, so here's what I got out of it from my perspective is okay, he's had some run in with this fucking Beezlebub Pazuzu thingy before. Pazuzu. And he's now come across it again. This isn't his first encounter. That's why he knows what he's sort of dealing with. That's what I got out of it is that there's definitely been a previous encounter and there's something mysterious about this thing. It's an entity that is. You know, I don't know, evil and strong, I guess. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I just thought that was a cool scene. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it's a cool scene, and they show him kind of face-to-face with with uh, the yeah. statue and everything. and Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a pizuki from EJ's. Hmm. It's a cookie. Pizza. <laughs> oh, pizuki. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, But so, yeah, so now we cut to to Georgetown, Georgetown, which is actually in Washington, D.C. That's right. And we meet Chris McNeil, who's played by Ellen Burstyn. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Burstyn. Yeah, she's Burstyn. She's in a lot of different movies in that movie. She probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, And she's reading a script in her bed uh, because she's an actress. Mm -hmm. Actress. Okay. And she gets up because she hears noises. Yep. She thinks it's rats in the in the ceiling. In the attic. Yeah, maybe mice, but maybe rats. But, but she says rats specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next morning, and I wrote rich as fuck because she has a nanny and a maid and a butler. She's also just white. And that was the that, times. Yeah. I but guess yeah, so. she's an actress, so that's what comes along with the territory. Mm-hmm. It's still the same today. They're just not. I know. Around. I used to be a nanny. <laughs> it's, it's usually that they don't hire whites and Germans now. They hire uh, Latinas. As brown folk. Yeah. We're raising y'all children. <laughs> um, I used to be a nanny before I went into um, corporate. Really? That seems very appropriate. I'm just kidding. I'm glad that you're still not. I'm glad that you've moved up the ladder. It was actually very well paying. Really? Yeah. 
I thought about being a personal assistant once. You don't have the patience for it. <laughs> you know, the, I think you'd knock a bitch out. I thought about it. I tried to send in a resume a few times when I moved to L.A. I was like, what if I could be some rich guy's personal assistant? And then I was a like, rich guy's I know. not going to hire you. I was like, I'm not going to go get people's shit after a while. I'm just, <laughs> that's not me. Yeah, you wouldn't like it. I, I could never be a personal assistant because I just don't have the patience. Yeah. I was a nanny because um, I did kids. You know, I just can't. I, I don't want them anymore. Like I have my own and that's enough. And yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with other people's kids really. So, uh, so she insists the that movie. there's rats and she's insists and she tells her butler, there's rats, there's rats, there's rats. He's insisting that there are nuts. Um, then she, um, we see that she goes off to film a scene and that's where we meet the director, the and director who is Blake Dennings or Burke. Drake. Burke, Burke, Burke Dennings. Who yeah. the fuck is Blake? Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't uh, know. He, out, he's the director and she's doing this movie and all it is is just a lot of like blah, 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 it's blah, blah. It's just stupid nonsense protest scene. Yeah, yeah it's, and, it's pointless to the movie. The only cool part of that is that within the scene, as they zoom out, you finally get to see Father um, Demi, Demi. Demi, what's his last name? Carcass? Karen. Karen, Karen. Karis? Karis. Damien Karras. Damien Karras, yes. But I liked how they did that. It was a very cool, like, Because he was laughing as an onlooker. Yeah. Yeah. So then he walked off. That was cool. I found that it was just a way to say she's that. Because she also comes home, Mm -hmm. and then there's an invitation from the White House for her just to go to dinner for a private private event. And so it's just trying to give us the understanding that she's a very important You're right. She's a VIP, for sure, for sure. Um. And then so then she puts her twelve-year-old daughter Reagan, played by Linda Blair, to bed, and she's reading. And Reagan has been reading a trash mag that has a picture of herself, her mother, and her father. And the headline says, "Howard ran out on her on his family," and that's how we know that her father's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when later on in the movie, when Chris, the mom, finds a Ouija board that Reagan has been playing with, um, Reagan says. Um, that uh, she communicates with Captain Howdy. Yeah. And that is Pazuzu hang, uh, kind of linking himself to her as uh, to fill in that void of a father that she doesn't have. Her father's name is Howard. This is Captain Howdy. Hmm. And he's very paternal yeah. to her. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. I was wondering if the Captain Howdy thing was going to come back later on, but it didn't. And, um, but it, now it I, just I like see the, the connection yeah. to it. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, and it's just, kind of filling the void mm-hmm. that, that she's really yearning to fill because we find out that even on her birthday, she didn't call and the mother's calling Rome, like, get him on the damn phone. He's right. not calling his daughter on her birthday. Yeah. And, um, I, so we also, I mean, the whole thing is set up. We know that she's, what I mean by that is that we're setting up to know what kind of person she is, her environment, who she's surrounded by. And basically it's just a regular home kind of life, you know, she's just she's well, a sheltered woman, but you know. Okay, you mean, tell me. You mean uh, the mom or Reagan? Well, Reagan, Reagan. Reagan. She's a little like. Okay, so you know. Reagan is somebody being raised by the help mm-hmm. who right. sees her mom for the good times. Right. Right? Because she was wanting to spend time with her for her birthday. Um, we know that Reagan also thinks that something's going on with the director and her mom because she's saying, Are you going to marry him? <laughs> right? right. Yeah. And so you're like, mm, This guy is obviously spending some time around them because she's fixated on him as well. Um, her father's absent and. She is really so as somebody who's watched children that are not mine my entire life up until, I don't know, seven years ago, um, 
your beliefs become the children's beliefs. So if you don't want your child to grow up brown, don't hire a brown nanny kind of thing. Okay. Because right. um, anything that I believe, these children are going to believe. Sure. Right? Because right. I'm the one spending time with right. them. You I'm the one raising time. them. Right. Yeah. right? I gotcha. So, yeah. um, so that's why in LA there's so many kids that speak Spanish. Yeah. Without an accent. <laughs> many white kids, right? Um, but that, that's really what it is. And that's where I'm thinking her whole belief. We'll get into this later in the movie. But her whole belief system where she's becoming to understand that she is being possessed by an entity is because she has allowed that belief to be part of her beliefs. Yeah. Right? And we know that Chris isn't very religious. No. Um, even in, throughout the movie, she's wearing a bracelet with like a lucky, a lucky like a horseshoe. Um, and, I didn't notice and that's that at all. Placed, that's placed there intentionally to show us, the viewers, that she's very ill-prepared to deal with the possession. Right, right, she's yeah. not part of the faith. She has no idea. Okay. I didn't catch that at all. But Though she is friends with a priest, that's only because the um, rectory is like around the corner. Yeah. And so after we get situated with those characters, we also then get a little background story on Father... Um, Damien, Damien Karras, right. played by Jason Miller. Yeah. And Jason, this was Jason Miller's first ever role. Can oh. you imagine, like one of the best movies of all time, and it's your first fucking film? Hey, well, they don't, you know, they don't know that ahead of time going in. They just try to give it their all, and that's right. what they did. Well, um, he did a good job. Um, we so we find out the following. Yeah. About Damien Karras, who, whose mother calls him Demi. Demi. And that's why we refer to him as Demi. Yeah, I think, it, oh yeah, Damien. She calls him Demi for a while in the movie. I was wondering if his uh, real name might be Demetrius, Demi, Demetrius, but yeah, Damien. Yeah, it's Damien, which yeah. is funny because this movie came out before The Omen. Right. But the whole time I'm like, I wonder. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> because Damien is dead by the time that movie comes out. So he has a mother in New York City who's old, who's, you know, frail and too stubborn to move out of her, you know, dilapidated home yeah. uh, because it's her home. Right. This is where I want to live. Yeah. She doesn't want to go to a care facility. And yeah. He's trying to urge her to not be by herself all day and to have somebody help her with her medication. There's something wrong with her leg also. Like he has yeah, to wrap it up. He has to wrap it in a bandage. Yeah. I mean, it's the 70s in New York and that was a rough, crazy time for that city. You well, know? So also, I can understand. Um, she just wants to stay at home in her safe space where she survived, you know? Well, we also find out that he has he's losing his faith. Oh, yeah. And he's got all a, the priests in this movie drink and smoke. Well, just like and the doctors. And one seals. <laughs> yeah, just like the doctors too, though. This was a weird time in history, the 70s, you know? Um, also, the father, Karis, is also very much a boxer. I mean, he, for all intents yes. and purposes, could have just been a boxer, you know? Yeah. Well, so what he is, is he is a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And he became a priest because the, the, the church put him through school, we find out later in the movie. Um, and at one point... Uh, when something happens to Dimitri's mom, uh, Dimitri's, God damn it. <laughs> the Demi's mom, um, his uncle, the mom's brother says, you could have been a psychiatrist in the city and your mother would be in living a, in a penthouse, living in a penthouse right instead of here. Because that's not at one point she gets into a bad space. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So moving forward, it's the middle of the night and Chris is woken up by an old school telephone. And I realized that that is the most effective wake up method. 
Because that is the most annoying sound in the it world. It is. It was also very similar to the sound of the doorbell back then, too. This yes. <laughs> sounds so fucking annoying. Um, but she was walking up because she has to get up and she has to film a scene. Mm, oh, right. Okay. And she had been up all night because she was, you know, on the phone or doing whatever. I she don't know was what doing. she was doing. Yeah. She goes, she I got, just fell asleep. I fell asleep, yeah. Um, she's got to she, do a scene. And she realizes her daughter's in the bed with her. Absolutely. And she's like, well, what are you doing here? And she's like, well, I couldn't go to sleep because the bed is shaking. Right. So she goes and she puts her back into into bed. And that's when she hears rattling up in the attic again. Yep. And she goes up there. Much to her credit, she goes the fuck up there. And um, she goes and she takes a, a candle. Yeah. And she goes up there and doesn't see anything. But we see we at do one see. point the flame go. Right. And you enormous. also notice that, yeah, that part. So, again, unexplained phenomenon. Which could have been a gas leak. It could have been a gas leak that could have also seeped into Reagan's room, which also could lead to her, um, what's it called? Like hallucinations. Hallucinations. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Because it's a, That's like, what a logical if it's a pocket? explanation. Because it suddenly she goes in under this one pipe and her the flame comes mm-hmm. out. Right. Like, of course, there has to be a gas leak, right? I don't know. I mean, this is where, you know, they really want to push the... They explain the vomiting. Gas. Okay. Hey, we're switching roles here because now all of a sudden you're, <laughs> you're the one who's like, there's science on. behind it. And I'm over here like, no, it's supposed to be supernatural. <laughs> but we do notice that there's no um, rats or mice that are dead because all the traps are still set with bait. And there, so that means they don't have rats right. or mice, just like uh, the... Guy down the the butler guy who works for them who's yeah. the German guy possibly he's Swiss he's Swiss right he says he's so he Swiss. says yeah <laughs> at uh, later that morning at the church next door mm-hmm. the Virgin Mary statue yeah this is, is desecrated yes and not defecated is... like I wrote in my notes <laughs> it's been desecrated and it has Madonna boobs like nineties yes. Madonna boobs which are the cones for all of you young folks. And has a penis. Yeah. Or, yeah. Giant, like... It's a weenus. Thing, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, to me, I always find this part of it, you know, like, first of all, there's a connection that this demon's coming after this particular church, I guess, right? Because it's not any church. It's this church that's right here next to the... But also, like, the church has no idea that shit's going on with Reagan up there. So they just, the guy who's putting the flowers out in the morning is like, oh my God, what is this? Right. And like, that's got to be crazy. But what's the, I don't know. There are attacks on church every day. I want to ask the demon, what was the point? What what are you doing here? I don't know. It could have probably not even been been the demon. Like I grew up non-practicing Catholic. And when I got in trouble for ditching school, uh, six period so I can go to work instead of six period, because who wants to go to typing class? My mom, one of my punishments when she decided not to send me to an all-girl boarding school in Honduras, which we're not even from, she decided to send me to church every Friday with my godfather, Balthazar. And, that's a funny name. Yeah, that's a, also a religious name. And that church that I used to go to burned down at least three times in my childhood. People burned it down. It's very death metal, black metal or whatever. It's very real. Shit happens at churches Shit happens at synagogues, like and shit happens at mosques. But that you're talking people about just hate each other, right? You're talking about people in just reality. People. Yeah, like, so I'm saying so it could have just been, been a, a fucking prank. person, right? Yeah, I mean, it could have just been a person. You have to remember, it was the this. 70s. It was what in 1973. Right. It was the start of the serial killer era when all of these serial killers started doing fucked up shit. Could have been anything. Yeah, yeah. I what I was gonna say is that it definitely is a disturbing image. And it's something that definitely yeah. has shock value. So it, does. it works for the It movie. did a good job. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we also start to see, I think there's the face, the demon face occasionally, flashes of it in well, the attic real quick before. Was it? There was a flash of the demon face before, I think, the uh, burst well, of, of fire. From my recollection, um, after the church scene, um, Reagan is getting a physical. Uh-huh. And when she's getting a physical, that's when she first sees the mm-hmm. demon face. Yeah. And that's when her she starts becoming difficult. Like mm-hmm. she starts saying, I don't want it. Yeah. And starts Fucking really bastard. Doing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And apparently during the physical, she tells the doctor, keep your fingers away from my cunt or something like that. So, um, you know, the doctor meets with the mom and they realize that she has a disorder of the nerves and prescribes her Ritalin. Mm, Ritalin. Yeah. Ritalin. Um, then we get to the scene where Demi's mom is in a loony bin because she was at home and she got very ill and they had to yeah, take her somewhere. Her but brother. Poor. And they can't afford like hospice, not hospice, Mm -hmm. uh, in-home supportive services, which is now offered by uh, the federal government nowadays if somebody needs any help. And that's where Um, that scene happens where the brother says you could have been a psychiatrist and she could have been in a penthouse. But he walks into the loony bin and there's all these women that come towards him because he's a priest collar. And then, you know, the nurse is pushing them away and one woman takes his collar collar and starts eating it. She eats it, yeah. She's like biting on it and it's funny. That's good acting. Yeah, but that's when um, that's when the mom goes, "Why you do this to me, Demi?" Mm-hmm. And that's important for later. Yes. Next scene is party at the McNeil's house. Yeah, and you know what? They did say that she was invited to the White House for a party, but we never saw that scene. But I guess they're just supposed to realize that she's an important person. But yeah, they're having a party at her house, and it's a typical old like. Old white person party. white person party. There's drinking going on. No cocaine, but there are priests there. (laughs) Well, yeah. So probably no Um, cocaine. But but just like the, I'll play the piano, we'll all gather around and sing a song. So there's an astronaut there, supposedly. Uh Because we find out that Father Dyer, which is the friend of Chris, um, wants to be the first missionary on Mars. Yeah, yeah. So that scene gets established. They're all having a good time. We also see we, that the director is a super drunk. He's like, there's yes. an alien pubic hair in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we find out that Demi's mom is dead. Um, the father died. Oh, um, Chris is saying, who's that? Right. She asks who, about yeah, Who's that one dark? Karis. Yeah. And that's, doc, that, that's it technically is Dr. Karis. <laughs> Probably because he's a psychiatrist yeah. too, right? <laughs> um, and then uh, the um, the director Burke Dennings, played by Jack McGowan, uh, and I put versus the non Nazi question mark. Um, he keeps accusing the butler of being a, a Nazi. Yeah. It's like yeah. you didn't go bowling with Goebbels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nazi pig. Yeah, yeah he and, plays a perfect drunk. I'll tell you and, that much. And they got into a fight. Yeah. Next thing you know, the party's continuing. They ushered Mr. Dennings out and right. get yep. get the fuck home, right? Yeah. Reagan comes downstairs mm-hmm. and this while they're playing the piano and uh Father, Father Dyer, Dyer is saying, In it, my yeah. heaven, yeah. I'd be famous kind of thing. Right, like, yeah, yeah. Um He's like, Oh right. look, we have a guest. And he goes, <laughs> uh, it's Reagan and she tells the astronaut. You're going to die die up there. And then pisses on the rug. rug. Like, this is all different kind of squirting video. Everybody's like, whoa, okay, party killer. But to the the mom's credit, she leaves the party. She goes and she cares for her child. Probably because the nanny was off that night. The nanny was at the party. She's helping her 
to get Dennings out. That's her oh, in the brown that's right. dress. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, to her credit, she put she put her she went got her in the tub and put her to bed and all that stuff. But when she puts her on the bed, we see the bed start rattling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's not a full on rattle. No, it's yet. just a. Yeah, yeah, a little shimmy, 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 yeah. At the rectory, a father Dyer has stolen some liquor. Liquor is quicker. Some some good shit too. Shiva's regal or whatever. I don't know how you say it, but it's uh, that shit's expensive. It sounds it because he stole it from a professor who shouldn't have ha- had it anyway because it'll lead to temptation per mm-hmm. Father Dyer. Yep. And he takes it to Demi who is depressed and, and just fucked up because his mom passed. Apparently, the mom had pa- was back at home and had been dead a few days mm-hmm. before she was even found. Right, yeah. And that's now, fucked up. The one thing they don't really establish is the travel time between New York to Washington because at first in, in the, you know, even when we were watching it, it seemed like you thought that they were in the same city. And I was like, no, no, no. New York in the seventies is totally I don't different. fucking know the East coast. I know. I know. That's why I'm here to fact check you. But I just, but they don't ever show him getting really on a long train and traveling the distance from DC. Well, he DC goes on a train. It's just the train is like, it's short. Yeah. Short, <laughs> shortcut. yeah. Um, Anyways, not even important so for the movie at all. Reagan goes through another set of, ex- well, it's important because the mother's dead. Right. She's dead. Yeah. I'm saying the distance. Oh shit! Oh, hold on one second. It's here. Satan, 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 Satan. <laughs> okay, well, let's just keep going. Satan, <laughs> you forgot to mute it. No, well, yeah, I forgot to mute it. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> so at the um. Reagan is going through another set of exams, like physical exams. Yeah. And we see that she's getting a cerebral angiography. And that was a big deal because when she was getting that, um, apparently a lot of people were getting nauseous in the movie theaters because it was very realistic. And actually the person who was doing that procedure in the movie was actually a skilled person who did that for a living. And the medical community said that it was one of the most authentic medical scenes ever. Yeah, sure. Um, well, that's and it had the... to do with the fact that it was a doctor who performs it on a regular basis, who knows how to do it. And that Linda Blair was very convincing as a child who was uncomfortable during a procedure. Yeah, I mean... It looked very real. It looked real, yes. And the thing is, like, that, again, it, some people are just way more squeamish than they are um, scared of, like, the boogeyman. Yeah, like, I don't want, you know... I thought like, it was cool seeing the blood squirt out and like pulses. Yeah, I don't want needles in my fingernails, but I take watching a horror movie over that anytime. Yeah, but that was a that was a tough one. I mean, they definitely it, you know, it was it, if you're squeamish, it's hard to probably watch that because yeah. that thing goes right into the neck. Yeah. And then they it, shove a, something up the tube and then it's supposed to put something in there. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know that's how they did it, uh, that shit back in the days, but Well, so that after they do that, they hypothesize that it's a seizure disorder, um, but all the tests are clear. So the doctors prescribe Thorazine and Ritalin. Right. Um, and Thorazine is an antipsychotic, which kind of makes me go through this whole mental health part of it. How do we know she's just not requiring a psychologist or a psychiatrist or something? Well, that's what the, the logical person her like to, me is saying. She's like, I'm, I'm, but the mother keeps saying, I'm not locking her up in a loony bin or whatever you want to call it. But that, okay. But and so, even the doctors say, and, uh, I, oh, the priest says that at one point, uh, six months and under observation, that's what she needs. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess in my, in my sense, since I'm saying, well, I'm not believing in all this shit, like, I guess my theory is, yeah, those people that are locked up in the loony bin are just like insane and they don't know what they're talking about. But what's to say that I'm wrong and that these people that are locked up are seeing things and are connecting and communicating with other entities and basically they, nobody believes them and that's why they're in these fucking loony bins. I mean, that's a very yeah. highly plausible possibility even though i'm the skeptic so either people have mental health issues and they're being treated by the catholic church or people have spiritual issues and are being kept in loony bins sounds like a dilemma that we cross in the movie the the wonderful movie constantine (laughs) (laughs) oh we'll have to Put that one on the list one of these days. Um, so at, while the doctors are looking over the results and they see that the CAT scans that they did on her. Right. They don't they're, find they're, shit. They're clear. They don't have anything there. Yeah. And they're then called into the McNeils and there's two doctors that go. Yeah. At the house. Yeah. But no, they, they go, go up, up into, into the, the bedroom mm-hmm. and they see the, hot, the the bedroom is ice cold. Yeah. Because you can see your breath. Right. And, and that's where they refrigerator that fucking room out, right? Yeah. Okay. They refrigerate that room so that it could be authentic. The yeah. good thing, the thing about this movie is that they did a lot of things extremes mm-hmm. because they want it to be authentic. authentic. Yeah. Right. And we'll get to that in a second. And so Reagan is convulsing violently. Is how I, I'm gonna call oh, it. Oh right, she's like flopping up and she's down. She's doing this bed, whole like, like she's flop, like flop. sitting like doing like extreme sit-ups, mm-hmm. right? Extreme sit-ups, yeah. and um, I think super were, Nosferatuing. You were telling me something about how that she actually ended up having. She hurt herself like that, but when she hurt hit her mom onto the floor, um, the mom had a harness that pulled her all the way back, and that created some spinal uh, issues that in she the had mom? Uh-huh, in the mom. Oh okay, I thought you were talking about. Um, What's her name? Yeah, she also experienced some issues. Gotcha. Are you going to give me more wine? Let me finish this one because there's two different ones. What was that face? (laughs) This is better than the ones that uh, you drank that one time where you made that stank face. Yeah, don't ever buy me box wine again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'll just bring my own. Thank you. I'm not really a wine guy, so, you know, I just didn't know what you wanted. (laughs) Okay, so she's, uh, she's convulsing and convulsing. And the bed is rattling and she's saying, fuck me, fuck me. And this movie is very sexual. Pazuzu has a penis. The Virgin Mary has a penis. Um, Dennings is talking about pubes. And has a penis. And has a penis. (laughs) (laughs) And Regan is wanting somebody to fuck her. Yeah, yeah. Boy, does she want it. And then at some point she's laying down and she's like bouncing off the bed. Like, you know, the game... Trouble? Was it trouble where you push the button down? Oh, okay, goes, yeah. Was it trouble? I don't know. I just felt it was like a very trampoline-like. But yeah, she's bouncing up and down yeah. off the bed and she's flying all over the place. And right. Screaming. And that is a very scary scene That's uh, you know, for some people. Sure, it for is. some people. And at a time, you know, again, this is almost 2020, folks. So In a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've come a long way since then. But hey, you know, what's to say these spirits aren't real? What if we find out? Oh, forget it, never mind. The end of days is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it probably is. But hey, let's at least enjoy it while it happens, right? My friend right? Eric hates Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> voice. I love it. Can you send me that so I can send it to him? What if Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't really have an accent? 
But that was his but niche. He's brilliant marketing. Was to have an accent so that way everybody could imitate it. And he it goes home to Maria no, Shriver and he's like, <laughs> he's like, man, I just can't darling. do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, the accent it's, was it's hurting my for, neck. <laughs> like those neck veins are the accent. <laughs> <laughs> solely for the purpose of selling movies. He's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> or he's like super thug. Yeah, Maria. <laughs> no, he's from Austria. Yo, Maria. So he's probably has some sort of a British sheet. Yo, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Austrian? That's your Austrian accent? <laughs> Look, my name is Austrian, but I'm not Austrian. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was an Austrian thug. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> oh, All right. So the mom thinks that she has a splurt. A splurt. A splurt. <laughs> She's splurting. <laughs> So the mom thinks she has uh, a split personality, but the doctor's saying no. Um, and they're asking for another spinal tap. Oof. And that hit too close to home. Uh, you said you've had one before. I don't know. I've never had one. I've had uh, spinal taps on two separate occasions. Um, the first one I had when I had meningitis. It's scary. Is that contagious? Do I yeah, have something here, to worry about? Let me cough on you. <laughs> Actually, it is highly contagious. <laughs> oh my god seriously but yeah but i was released from the hospital like six years ago we need to uh put it like a plastic wall between us when we do this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that was a long time ago um but then when i do you remember i collapsed at work the the shit job that i didn't yeah, yeah you had like a tony soprano incident where you like passed out because of like a anxiety attack or something right so but because during the time my head was hurting my neck was stiff i was exhibiting a lot of uh, meningitis like symptoms the urgent care sent me to the emergency room the emergency ordered a, f- a spinal tap that's when you went to go pick me up at the hospital do you remember yeah i try not to but i, I well, do, do you, yeah so were you there for the spinal tap no but yes, they missed I, and that sounds painful and let's not talk about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but they find out that all the tests are normal. So there's like a whole panel of doctors and they're referring her to a psychiatrist. And that's what she's yeah. like, no, bitch, your doctor, your doctor, yeah. your daughter needs a fucking psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, family therapist, physical therapist, something, right. anything that'll help. So I have a child with special needs and a lot of people are who are in the school system that were in my daughter's classes and my son's classes, they were like, I don't want to get my child diagnosed, evaluated, because I don't think he needs a diagnosis, whatever. And I'm like, you need to get your child evaluated, because if your child has a diagnosis and left untreated, they're not going to improve. If that diagnosis is going to help you get the help your child needs, same shit in this instance, Reagan had an issue. She needed somebody to treat it properly. If it was a psychologist or psychiatrist, any of them, they should have done so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand it was the 70s and there was stigma around it, but still. But yeah, well, also people, I mean, again, all the doctors smoked, remember? So they're doctors, but at the same point in it time. Was the 70s. There was, yeah, it was the 70s. They still didn't know how bad shit was. They were like, eh, it'd be all right. This wine kind of tastes like honey. Is that a good thing or a bad yeah, thing? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yep. Good. Now, so they drive home, s- and when she gets there, there's police. Everywhere in a little alley behind her house where there's a long staircase and she dismisses it, goes inside and finds that her daughter's there by herself. Mm -hmm. Right. And she 
is frantically looking around for the nanny. And the nanny comes in and she says, no, I didn't leave her by herself. I left her with Burke, you know, the director. The, the director, director, the drunk the director, the which is a bad idea to begin with. I well, mean, like, why would you do that? So um, that's when um, that's when she goes, well, you should have known better. So there's um, a knock on the door. Mm-hmm. And that's when Father Dyer comes in. And tells them that Burke Dennings has died. Right, yeah. He fell No, down. I don't even think it, it was the Father Dyer. Yes, it was the Father Dyer. No, it wasn't. I don't think Father Dyer. Who was it? It doesn't matter, but I'm just telling you that I don't if think it, doesn't it was matter, okay, Father Dyer. Stop. It was Father Dyer because that's her friend. It wasn't It wasn't Demi because she hasn't met him yet. It wasn't it, the homicide detective no, because he hasn't been met yet. It was a yet. random guy. It, it was wasn't like a, a random guy. guy. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Fine. Let's just say it's Father Dyer, but I'm going to go back and show you later on that it wasn't him. You're wrong, but okay. Okay, but I'm going to show you. Put some money on it. All right, five bucks says it's not Father Dyer. No, something that's worth something. I'm telling you, that scene is not Father Dyer. It's Father Dyer. (laughs) It's not, though, I'm telling you. The guy who comes in says, I guess you haven't heard yet. That's not Father Dyer. It's Father (laughs) Dyer. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll let you believe me, but it's not. We're keeping all this in, by the way. It's right, Father Dyer. You're making dinner. <laughs> it's not Father Dyer. I know you guys know. It's Father Dyer. Anyway, right. um, and that's when uh, the mom lets out a scream because that was, of course, the guy that she was getting down with, apparently. But then I got to thinking, why was he in Reagan's room? Burke? We'll get there in a second. Oh, because, yeah, I know. You're going to go down Creeps- Creepsville yes, Road. Yes, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay, so... Um, Next thing you know, there's a hypnotize, a hypnosis scene with a hypnotist or whatever. Right. And we find out the following from Reagan, who is hypnotized. The doctor then tells the entity inside of her, that means you're hypnotized too. And then mm-hmm. Reagan's able to answer coherently, right? So someone is inside of her. She doesn't know who it is. So you don't even have to be an, um she's afraid a, a priest or somebody to get through it's just a, hip, a hypnotist because can it's get psychological right Reagan growls at, like so when he calls out the demon Reagan growls and lets out this odor that everybody in the room is like oh gross <laughs> she likes to burp hot dogs or something <laughs> <laughs> I think we smell that odor every time the bulldogs fart yeah it's disgusting <laughs> um and that's when um, the priest, the priest, the the hypnotist is getting close to the go close to Reagan, and then she goes and she grabs his nuts. Oh yeah, she squeezes his nuts so hard. <laughs> He's like, ah. right? That's gotta hurt. I mean, imagine uh, somebody grabbing with superhuman strength and and just not even letting go. Like, I, I can't imagine anybody grabbing my nuts like that. Oof, so it's gotta hurt. Next, we're with Demi, who is. You know, on the track, he meets a homicide detective. Mm-hmm. And the homicide detective is talking to him about witchcraft and if the possibility that the possibility that a Denning's death could have been witchcraft related. Yeah. Um, also, he talks about confessions because he's a priest, but he also is um, a psychiatrist. So he wants to know that he wants to know if there's a priest that exhibits any kind of behaviors that will lead uh, them to become mm-hmm. some uh, uh, a suspect who mm-hmm. could have killed uh, Denning yeah. by a witchcraft. He believes that it's if it's true. not, it, yeah, or he's saying it's got to be a a, a human, a male or a full grown adult who pushed this Burt Dennings guy out the window because it couldn't have been Reagan. 
But even right. at this point in time, he hasn't even gotten to Reagan's house yet. Um, but but so but yeah, the cop starts investigating, and the cop is a significant character because he's um, a lieutenant technically. Um, do you remember his name? Homicide detective. Homicide detective. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, so he's, uh, you know, he's just trying to figure out what's going on. And this guy died. And there's obviously something not adding up. But I I, um, I happen to realize that some of the second and third Exorcist movies, I guess, also have a lot to do with him continuing investigating. Okay. I I haven't seen it. Um, But at the hospital, they diagnose Reagan finally. Right. It's like some. uh, She has. I'll let you say it. Somnambuli form possession. And it uh, it is just a primitive disorder where people believe that they're possessed. Yes. And the possession is caused by their belief. Belief, exactly. And therefore, the cure is also their belief, the belief, which is the exorcism. Mm-hmm, right. And I think that that's how it really works. Yeah, I agree. And I am cured because I believe no more. <laughs> well... You're always possessed, um, but I, I I I agree. I think it's all ha- all has to do with mental health and the stigma around it, and the fact that people were not getting proper treatment. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and you know times have changed now, and that's a good thing. But you know, again, in this movie, at that yeah, instance, times have changed, like, but it's still really hard for people to kind of like you know how hard it is for people to. I have a friend, a very dear friend, who also has PTSD. I have PTSD. We both do. Um, But she is afraid to tell her job, even though they should be able to make accommodations for her. Like, you know, sit me against the wall or maybe, you know, let me work with headphones, something basic. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's afraid to do it because people are still very closed off about mental health and, and, and trauma related issues versus my PTSD. I went to my new job and I said, I have PTSD. Don't fucking touch me. But of course, professionally. I have PTSD. Don't touch me. I will work with headphones on. Um, When I need to, I'll just go sit over there. Um, So it's just luckily, you're lucky sometimes that you find people who are understanding. Okay, so what you're saying is that everybody's not uh, able to get We're not completely there yet. Yeah. But we've made great strides. Sure, sure. All right. All right. So the homicide detective visits Chris Mm -hmm. and asks about Dennings being in his daughter's, in her daughter's room. Right. And he opines that Dennings was killed by a powerful man Mm -hmm. uh, that killed him and then pushed him from the daughter's room. Right. Exactly. And this is where I'm like, wait, what was Dennings doing in the room? If he was just watching her, he didn't have to sit there and actually look at her. Right. But he's a director. And he's a drunk. He's a drunk director. So, so he's a Weinstein? I don't know. I didn't say that, but I did. very <laughs> very much possibly could be. All I'm saying is that, yeah, why was he up in the, her room? Because even the mom says he had no reason to be up there. Mm-hmm. Well, then what was he doing up there? Right. And so this whole thing is, um, you know how in the X-Men, <laughs> powers come up when they hit a certain a stage in their adolescence and they hit puberty and that's when all their powers come up. Okay. Sure. Okay. What if this whole time Regan is, um, Regan is, you know, development developing sexually because she's 12, right? That means she would have gotten her period already. She would have started having all of these feelings already, but when you're sexually abused at that age also, um, it leads to different kinds of, of trauma-induced behaviors. For example, one can be 
hypersexual, right? Okay. Which I've talked to you about before. Um, there's this need to always want to have sex with people because you have associated sex with attention, with positive attention, with caring. So it's really hard to differentiate, well, this is just carnal versus this is affection and somebody loves me. So that's how one becomes hypersexual, okay. right? If they've been sexually abused at, in, you know, at a very um, impressionable age. So my thoughts are she was already having uh, psychological issues, right? Her dad left. Uh, he, she overheard her mom yelling about, you know, the dad not calling, meaning she may, may have felt like she's a reason. Yeah. You know, kids internalize that. Yeah, she wants um, a horse. <laughs> she, <laughs> uh, she's also one of the, a child that gets whatever she wants. She's starving for her for the attention of somebody. Mm-hmm. This older man comes and gives her attention, uh, not good attention. Uh, there was part, I believe, in the actual book that he, it does come out that he was oh, really? molesting her. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Because um, the guy who did the screenplay is also the guy who yeah. did the book. So um, I think there was in, in the book, I read it somewhere, um, and that he was, that's why he was in the bedroom. But it, it does make sense. I mean, everything else can just be, you know, just dramatic retelling, right? Because like if you tell somebody that you fell and cut your leg, you're not going to be like, I feel like I got pushed by some fucking thugs, right? <laughs> you're going to elaborate a little bit. So right. maybe this is just a retelling, right? Um but it, it does start to make sense to me when I'm like, why was Dennings in her bedroom? Yeah. You know, um, okay, so that's why everything she's saying is hypersexualized. And we'll see that in the next scene. Um, everything is about sex. Everything is about this. How does she know these words? I don't know. I, I See, I had not even walked down this path when I watched it. I but just... how does she know these words, though? Well, And we know that. The director is foul-mouthed. We know that director is sexual. We know yeah. that... Um, I mean, we, we don't know that she doesn't know these words because, again, she is sheltered, but she's also being brought up without her mother present most of the time. So maybe she hears other people saying it. Um, also, right, but the people around her are a nanny. Right, but, I mean, also maybe the it is just the demon. And it's, This is weird. Like, I'm going back and forth between my own stance. One sense, I'm like... I don't believe in this shit at all. The other sense, I'm like, well, let's believe in it. And let's say that this is the demon talking through her. And so that's why it's not her even saying these things. It's the demon. Unless it's her saying these things. I don't know. Now we're in a spiral. (laughs) So, um, and then before the detective leaves, he asks for her autograph. Yeah, because he's such a big fan. He wants it for (laughs) his daughter, but then he's like, I lied. I don't have a daughter. (laughs) Okay, so the detective... (laughs) so the detective leaves and when he does noises start coming from reagan's room and we get into the room because via the mother and she's masturbating with a crucifix but like masturbating like Mm -hmm. stabbing herself hard where she's bleeding yeah they left that scene they left that scene in but the original scene or in the in the book um she's like mutilating her genitals because she's doing it so hard. She had to have been, though. Look yeah. how much blood. And she then she grabs bleeding. her mom's head. She's like, lick it, lick it, yeah. lick it. Well, when she's doing that, when she's masturbating with the crucifix, she's saying, let Jesus fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah. And it's like the demon talking to Reagan, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, she yeah, tells her mom. you hear two voices yeah. in the room. And then she tells her mom to lick her, and she pulls her mm-hmm. her head down, and then suddenly the mom has blood, blood all over her. Gross. And then, and then um, that's when she hits her and sends her flying across the room. And then Reagan's sitting there 
and then her head turns like 180 degrees like mm-hmm. she's an owl and um says do you know what she did your yeah. cunting daughter and burke denning's voice so now we realize that <laughs> she, she <laughs> do you know what she did your cunting daughter <laughs> exactly yeah. oh exactly okay so here's what i want to say the voice actress uh mercedes mccainbridge um <clears throat> she was the voice of the demon um, that was possessed, mm. possessing Reagan. Right. Rags. <clears throat> like all that hurt. Fucking rags. <laughs> Did you ever know that rags was a nickname for Reagan? No, but that's what the mom calls her. I her know. nickname. Her nickname. Oh, rags. What the fuck? Um, so uh, Mercedes McCambridge, the voice actress, in order to get her voice ready to do the demon scene, to do the demon's voice. She listened to it a lot of Disturbed and would do the, oh, ah. No, it was dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was chain smoking and swallowing raw eggs in order to achieve that nastiness. And she wanted to drink because she knew that drinking was uh, going to help her voice get a little bit more hoarse. But she was also a recovering alcoholic. And so what she did is she herself had priests around her to help, to you know, to consult with. So whenever she felt the need to drink, she wouldn't have it. But Who told she, her oh, that raw eggs was the way to go. I don't fucking know. I mean, how do you accidentally figure that out too? See that, but that she was back then, Rocky. Yeah, when did Rocky back, come out? Seventy. Oh, I forgot. But the point is, <laughs> in the seventies, everybody was not worried about Sal. Um, Sal Manella. Yes, Sal Manella was not a, a fucking uh, big fucking deal asshole. back then. It's not a big deal now. People are just so scared of it. I ate a raw egg before. It's not That's great, disgusting. but I've done I've it. I've licked lots of um, what? brownie. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No. I've, I've licked lots of like cake batter and stuff. All right. I used to do that too. Cookie dough and all that shit. It's got raw eggs all up in there. Well, so for scenes where Reagan was, strugg- was struggling, like when she was restrained or she had to like do some kind of pushing or something, um, Mercedes was actually like bound to a chair herself. So it had that same kind of like... And the same kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That grittiness to it. So anyway, I thought that was good. But that was done purely for the authenticity of the scene. Gotcha. Just saying. Gotcha. So let's see, where are we at now in the movie? So now it's Chris and Demi. Remember, Chris is the mom. Yes. And and Demi, and they meet. Oh, right. They finally meet. Because the doctors tell her she needs to have an exorcism for her daughter. Yeah, she gets that whole scene with the doctor. She's like, 88 doctors, and all you're telling me is bullshit. And then then one goes, well, there's another cure. 88 doctors, but a bitch ain't one. one. (laughs) No. 88 doctors, but a... Could be an exorcism. How religious are you? And she's like, I'm not religious. My daughter's not either. Okay. Well, she um, is because the help was raising her. Anyway, <laughs> so um, she starts to ask him questions. And really what she's trying to draw out is this. One, would he turn in somebody who was a murderer? Because there's doctor-patient confidentiality. Yes. Plus there's also the confessions. Right. And then he says to her, well, it would depend on the circumstance. So she's like, okay. And then he says, give me an exorcist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me an exorcism. Yes. Um, and then she brings him home to meet Reagan. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, because he's not really trying to do it at all. He's like, there's a process. They got to, it takes time. You need to submit gotta, an application yeah. to the church. They right. have to approve it. 
And then you have to get like all this. You got to make sure stuff. your credit score works out. Like it's just this whole thing that goes <laughs> along with it. So he's like, you don't really want to go this way, especially for a girl, a little girl. And then she's like, are you fucking kidding well, me? You want to pass me back learned, off to the psychiatrist? As we learned from the Warrens in one of the, you know, ice cream Sunday episodes, um, you do have to go through all of these steps just to get the Catholic church. You have to get like a burden right. of proof. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. So um, when she's, when he, Gets into her room. Reagan is strapped to the bed, mm-hmm. and like strapped down, like, like uh, a crucifix. Crucifixed, yeah. And so um, he's talking to her, and she's like, "I'm not Reagan. I'm the devil." Yeah. Oh, that was. She good. has like a tube <clears throat> in her nose, I think, at that scene too, which they never really explained. But I mean, well, you have just... to imagine, like, they they want to try to make sure that she's okay. Like, she's yeah. not, probably not eating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? I don't think Whatever. she's coming down for breakfast and going back upstairs right. and being all, de- right. you know. So she tells the the priest, I'm not Reagan, I'm somebody else. I'm the devil. I'm the devil himself, And he goes, your mother is in here with us. Yeah. Yeah. As in, it's making it seem like there's a bunch of spirits inside this little girl. Yeah. Um, And then she proceeds to hock up a loogie. A pea soup. Pea soup, yeah. Green fucking vomit right in the face. Yeah. It was supposed to initially hit him on on his chest, but the the, the projectile style vomit machine like had a glitch and it hit him right in the face so that was purely authentic gross out he's like what the fuck that's always when they get the best reactions too like squirt oh (laughs) and reagan says what an excellent day for an exorcism yeah yeah because the exorcism was going to ultimately bring them closer together right We'll find that out later. So um, later that night, Demi's reviewing the tapes of the encounter, and it's seemingly in another language. Right. I mean, he wants to find out that there's a different language there because that's the proof he needs. Right. So it needs to speak in different languages. Uh, it needs to be, you know, he, yeah. he, he didn't give us a whole list because he also has to go look it up. Yeah. But the language is, is one of them. Right. Um, and so we find out that it's just backwards English. Backwards English. But that is also something because if you once he plays the tapes backwards you start to hear that you realize there's a connection between the demon and father Marin. From right the because when he plays it backwards it says Marin's name yes, over and over, over and over again. again and like come come in me or something come in me <laughs> something with well, like that well elaborate on that please. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it was something like uh um, so then he can't go gibberish. into it further because then he gets called back to the house. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's right. right around the corner, so it's right. no big deal. But it goes into the house and Chris is asleep and it's the nanny who's right. like, I didn't want to show Chris this. Yeah. And she goes and she takes up her shirt, mm-hmm. uh, Reagan's, and Reagan's shirt, shirt yeah. and it says, help, help me, me from the inside out. It's like yeah. somebody's like, that's, help me, right? See, now that's pretty insane. Now, if I saw that happen in front of my, my own eyes, then I would probably be more of a believer. But unfortunately, I haven't seen something like that happen in front of my eyes, and therefore I don't believe. And therefore, I've repressed and suppressed, or whatever, the entity that could be, and I move on living life without that worry. You know what I used to do as a kid? Okay, so I have this scar here that you can't really see right now because I've grown up, but it's a scar that looks like I tried to slip my wrist. Like this one right here? No, but it, it looks like I used to. Oh, it's right here. Yeah, See that? Uh, kind of, uh, sort of. It looks like, it, but before I grew up, it looked like I tried to slip my wrist. Gotcha. And I used to hate it when people used to think that I was, you know, cutting or something. I so, got a cut mark right here, too. You see that one? Mm-hmm. That one was from a, uh, a work accident. Go ahead. So to distract from that, what I would do is I would get a lead pencil and I would just go like that and create like 
a pencil mark and then I would erase it and it would look like I had bruises, right? That's gross. You would do that? Pencil lead is bad for you. And so I would do that as a kid. What the And hell? it would distract from this gnarly scar that I had here. What's this? Uh, this gnarly scar that I had here. And so um, people would just assume that I was just a dirty kid. <laughs> wow. I mean, I knew when we started this podcast, you were the perfect co-host, but I didn't know that it was that perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker, this is my podcast. You're the perfect co-host. <laughs> I started this gangster shit. Is this yeah. the motherfucking thanks I get? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so what I'm saying is one could make your body do anything. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Sure. So again, we're flipping roles because I'm supposed to be the skeptic and over here, you're more of the believer, but yet. I'm not a believer in the Catholic <laughs> Church's teaching. I know one verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth oh, and really? it was good. It's all I got. Okay, great. I'm not a religious scholar of any sorts. I actually don't spend a lot of time thinking about that shit at all anymore. <laughs> so I, um, I tend to live in the here and the now and if shit is really real then so be it. Let it happen. Like, here's the thing. If God exists, and I'm not saying I believe he does or doesn't. I'm not saying if God exists, I believe that if he does exist, he is this huge power, this higher source, right? Who doesn't give a shit how we're worshiping him? <laughs> he doesn't give a shit if, if I'm over here either praying five times a day or if I just pray in the morning. He doesn't give a shit if I go to church or if I just have an altar in my bedroom, which I do. Yeah. You know, he doesn't give a shit if you're wearing these or you're wearing a crucifix because he is above all of that. All he cares about is you living a good life. And Hopefully. if you're living your life not maliciously, and I'm living my life not maliciously, why would God then say, yeah, but you didn't ever come to church? I don't you know? know. <laughs> I think that he is, he or she, higher sacred self, higher source, whatever the hell, is so powerful. They don't give a shit if we go to church or not. It's yeah. about how you live your life. It's are you a good person or are you a shit person? Sure, absolutely. Right? So that's what I believe. Anyway, <clears throat> Demi takes the case to the Catholic Church, and that's when they bring in Father Marin. Right. He presents some evidence. They're like, okay, and so you're going to do this. They're like, well, okay, we'll we can to... fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we'll, we'll let you be the psychiatrist, but we're going to bring in somebody else who's had a little bit more experience, somebody who's been in Africa and, you know, who's done who, some things. Who had, who, he performed an exorcism in Africa, yes. in South Africa, previously. Father Marin, yes, the old geezer from the beginning movie, right? The, movie. the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. the, the archaeologist. Now, again, there's this where it ties in because that Pazuzu thing you're talking about, <laughs> Pazuki, Paz whatever it was, <laughs> no Pazuzu. <laughs> he he. It seems like he's trying to get Marin back because he has unfinished business with him. Maybe he does because that's why he's he's screaming his name in the tape, and then they just so happen to suggest him being the guy. And Father Marin, when he gets that uh, telegram from the altar boy, if you notice, his goes, reaction mm. is more like, hmm, and doesn't give it any thought whatsoever. He just continues walking forward because as if it's like, he's like, it is time. It's time. I've got to do it. I got to do right. it. Right. And when he does get there, he's also like, I don't, why, why do I need to hear the background? I already know this <laughs> fucking shit. Me and this fool have been through, you know, before. But that's the scene. That's the, that's the, this scene. Right. The opening scene right? when he gets there, yeah. Um, because he comes into the 
into the movie um, by a taxi and gets taxi, dropped off yep. and he gets in front of the house and it's that song. Is it that though? I don't know if it's I think he just did Mission Impossible. I don't know if they played the theme song there, which again, listening back now, I'm a little I yeah, I got like blue balls from not hearing the I only heard it once, I think. I thought I heard it. I thought we were gonna hear it like five times, like or more like Michael Myers' theme, but unfortunately they teased us with it. I wanted more of the uh, actual theme song. Yeah, because it's a really good theme song. It's cool. It's creepy. It's eerie and whatever, you know? Right. So he shows up. Introductions are done. And he gets coffee with some brandy in it. He takes his heart pills and the exorcism begins. And like you mentioned, he will not take any of the backstory because he, in his faith, realizes it doesn't matter what happened in the past. I need to get this fucker out, this girl. Yeah, yeah. He told the uh, Father Karras... Is that his name again? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go get my little kit. Go get a kit, some holy water, a purple thing. And a thing with a thing, a thing. Yeah, meet me back here in 20 and we're going to do this. Yeah. And, and here are uh, the rules of the exorcism. Right. Don't listen to him. Don't believe in the lies. Don't He's a liar. liar. Yep. And that's the end of the rules. But he also says that he'll do so many lies that there'll he'll be truth He'll mix it in with the truth. So you got to just yeah. not listen to him at all. Yeah. Um. So when they begin, they begin with Padre Nuestro. But in English. Padre Nuestro. What's that? Padre Nuestro. No, our father. Our father art in heaven. Yeah. What is that called in English? I don't know. I I never grew up with that shit. Padre Nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Et file et sante de something, something. Sanguis. (laughs) Bibimus. Means we drink blood. Uh, Roots. Bloody roots. It's <laughs> funny how you think that's my song now. <laughs> it totally is. Um, what is so? What is it? How? What is that called? Our Father. Is Art the in heaven? What, what is that called? Because in Spanish, it's called Padre Nuestro. Whatever the prayer is, they have an opening prayer. It's not the Hail Mary. I know that. Hail Mary, full of grace. I know that it went in English, not in Spanish. <laughs> I never learned any of those, so. Okay. Don't so, quote me, bitch. I ain't there, said shit. You just call me a bitch? No, Fuck I, you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. right, so um, as they're beginning, it's a very somber moment and it's quiet and they're doing the Padre Nuestro, but in English, so whatever that is, and the bed starts to rattle. Yeah. Starts doing the Shakira, Shakira. And their hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then rattles and then levitates. The entire bed. Yeah. He's doing one of these. See, I want to see that. I want to see that with my own eyes. Let me see that. Well, it's called the magic fingers, and you put a quarter in it. (laughs) Um, And then um, as she's sitting there, because she's tied up to the bed, and kind of like a sit-up motion, um, she, like, her head spins, like, 360 degrees. I have an issue with this scene, because when that... Okay. Break her neck? Yeah. Break your neck. Absolutely. She would have cracked her neck and killed the person inside. Therefore, the soul and the body would die. And tell me how that works. Tell me. It was an optical illusion. bub, explain that shit to me, please. Exactly. He didn't come. Moving on. I'm scared. Moving right along. What was that? Let's keep keep it She then breaks her restraints 
and then levitates off of the bed. So she's mm-hmm. completely up. And this is where the famous power of Christ compels you scene comes in. They say that the power 14 times. 14? I thought it was more than that. It was like 35. I tell that to my kids all the time. The and power I'm like, of Christ compels you. Slow your roll. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> I was thinking like how many times did they say that shit? 14. <laughs> it wasn't until she reached the tippy top and then she started to float down. They were like, it's working. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. But on the rise, they're like, it's not working. How many times are we going to say this? How many times? And it's like, okay, it's working. It's working. It's working. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The power of Christ compelled her. All shit. <laughs> um, but that's when... Um, was when she gets back down, that's when Demi starts tying, tying her back her up. up. Yeah. And he doesn't tie her up to the bed. He ties her hands to together. herself. Like yeah. he bounces her hand and he's right. going to tie her legs to the bedpost at right. the bottom. And then she gets up and does a fucking uh, double handed hammer move over and knocks him off and shit. Yeah. And uh, um, she knocks him to the ground. Yeah. And then the room starts shaking. Yeah. And then both priests are down. Yeah. All right. Uh, but then um, as they're looking up towards the bed, they see her kneeling on the bed, like away from them towards like, I guess the window, the window yeah, to the wall. Like, and then she's like doing one of these kind of like evil dead. Um, and then it's like this light coming towards her. So you just mm-hmm. see her silhouette like this. And, that's and it's funny that she's like this because in front of her is Pazuzu. Pazuzu no. Yeah. Right. And he is that statue. And, and he like, always has one hand up and one hand down, just like she is. He's also got a raging hard on going on there too. It's like a baby holding an apple. Who says that? What joke is that from? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. And so in statue form, right? And then she kind of right. And then they take a and they break. Take a break. After They're that. like, yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to uh, to take a break because they've been fighting this fucking demon for a while, and nothing seems to really be working. But it's been showing a little bit of some progress with the whole power of Christ I don't compels think so. you. I think it just levitated. Okay. All right. So, um, Marin goes into the restroom to take his pills. And Damien, yeah, Damien, (laughs) Father Demi, Mm -hmm. goes back into the room alone. And when he walks into the room, it's his mother. The room is white. His mother sitting on the bed. Yeah, that was a weird, freaky kind of scene. I, I like that one. His mom was there. She's like looking at him. And then he kind of looks away and looks back again. And, and it's, it's Reagan again, yeah. shivering on the bed. Mm-hmm. Right. So he goes and he covers her up because after all, it's still a little girl mm-hmm. in this refrigerated bedroom. Yeah. Um, and she's uh, trying to trick him and saying, why you do this to me, Demi? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you're not my mother. Yeah, right? yep, yep. She's speaking. It's... it's uh, I was wondering if, like, while Reagan was voicing the words, if she was saying it with an accent or if she was just saying it like a normal 12-year-old white girl. Like, oh, why did you do this to me, Demi? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You're playing GTA and the girl, what did she go? Like, how could anyone ever not live on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did, they did a good job on that game. <laughs> All right, so she's trying to trick him, and then that's – and he's, like – fighting with her like verbally and that's when father Marin comes back in and he dismisses them and he's like get the mm-hmm. fuck out here bitch yeah. but you know in god words yeah and gets him out of the room and Marin alone goes in to finish the job yeah meanwhile the detective returns right yeah he rings the doorbell which again sounds like a crazy fucking uh, telephone ring <laughs> and the mom's like opening the door she does one of those things where she puts the the lock on the door first so she can open it to see yeah which is like f- smart but <laughs> 
you should fucking have that shit at all times. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like I, I have an issue living in a place without bars on my window because I grew up in South Central. Like you always have to have bars on your window. Oh, yeah. I never noticed that until just now. But you don't have bars on your windows. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> um, um, so then. Um, so then the cop comes inside. Um, and Demi bursts back into the bedroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. So all this happens very quickly right now. And then so Marin is dead. Marin's dead. And he tries to revive him, but he can't. No. And Reagan giggles. And this Reagan is, is out of her. Out of restraints. Restraints as well. This is the most authentic part of the movie for me. Okay. Because he's dead on the floor, right? And Reagan is huddled up against one of the posts of the bed, but she has this like concerned look on her face like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. what just happened? And for me, it was like, oh, that's a very real moment. It's a look of concern. Whether it was Reagan, the actress, Linda Blair, actually being like, oh fuck, I'm concerned. Um, or what, but that felt like very authentic to me. Like out of the entire movie, looking so, back at Linda Blair's character of this concerned look before she starts doing the evil giggling, she's like, oh, So shit, do you think that happened? that was the demon? I think it on? was I think it's Reagan and the demon going back and forth, right? And in this case, Reagan is like, Oh my god, oh my god. And I feel like she kind of gets glimpses of what's happening because like she has maybe moments of lucidity, right? Because at the end of the movie, um, Father Dyer, like she sees his collar and then she goes and she kisses him. She has no reason to, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I'm thinking maybe she has moments of just like, sure. oh, fuck. Sure. Oh, fuck what just happened, right? So that's what I think. It was like the most genuine yeah. point in the movie for me. So uh, then now we're reaching the fina- uh, finale here where um, Father Marin's dead and he, um, what's his name? Uh, Father Karras is trying to, he tried to revive him, but he doesn't work out. And then immediately he gets mad and he starts fucking. Demi versus Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Round one. And fight. I mean, like he's, I was thinking the cop was going to come upstairs and see him like, like beating, beating on the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you bastard, bro. He's beating on, he's like, get into me or whatever. Oh. And, then, and, then, <laughs> and then you can see the demon is like shifting from one entity to the other and so so um the uh demi's holding he's shaking, down reagan, yeah, he's reagan. Shaking, him down, shaking her down and then he's like come into me come into yeah. me and then we see he looks up to his window yeah um to the window and there's that um like that flash of the face right mm-hmm. right and then next thing you know you see him and you see like his face becoming that coming face. the thing right yeah mm-hmm. and then um and then so then he's possessed and he's going to go attack Reagan, who's now the girl again. Right. He and goes, instead, he like fights it off. And he goes, no. And then jumps through, jumps the, window, through the window. Goes all the way down the yeah. stairs where Dennings died. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when he jumped right before that, it looked like the demon had left his body again. I mean, it was very it almost It was his like, face again. Yeah. But maybe it was his he was face. Just, but, but, but if it was the demon, he wouldn't have jumped out the window. It would have just done whatever demons do. But it had to have been him himself. Yeah. Um, but, well, like he's fighting it. And it doesn't mean it's out of his body. It just means it, he's suppressing it. He's battling yeah. against it. Because what we found in the beginning of the movie was that Demi was losing his faith. Right. And now by the end of the exorcism, Demi has gotten his faith, faith back. back. Yeah. But he's and also lost his he, life. Which coincidentally. Is why, which is why he's able to be possessed again. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
So so Demi makes Harley dead yet because then we see Father Doyle. Do, uh, Doyle. Not Doyle. Was it? No. Um, Dyer. Dyer. Father <laughs> Dyer. Yeah. Comes down. He's like, do you want to give your confession before you die? And he's like, just you see the hands kind of like making so it's a like squeezing motion. Squeeze once if it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we don't see his face at all. We just see his hand. And anyways. And he's all bloody. The cop, lieutenant, whoever, um, is also upstairs realizing that there's a second person now who threw themselves out of the window. And Reagan is actually looking like she's back to normal but crying for her mother. Mother, right. help me. And the mother. mother realizes rags and goes in and yeah. loves her up a little bit. And afterwards, some time has passed. Reagan's wounds because this whole time her face has taken a beating like chapped lips. You know, like just. I, yeah. Well, one of the things that, again, like being the skeptic but then kind of like I guess being on the side of like the non-skeptic I would say that in a lot of ways though when the demon leaves you those scars they tend to heal quicker than what your regular body would heal off of normal scars so in other words like a lot of those were caused by the demon entity being in her and as soon as it leaves her body starts to heal almost immediately a lot of that was caused by the extreme temperatures inside the bedroom that was very cold because nobody ever closed the fucking window know, in the I movie. Know, I know, I know, all I know. of that was, and all of that healed quicker because she was then in a warmer environment. She was being right, cared right, for right. properly okay. as opposed to being tied to a bed. And maybe she used some goddamn moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she did. Maybe she did. So, well, now she's back to normal. She doesn't remember a thing. Father Dyer's there trying to say, he's saying goodbye to everybody because they're going to leave. And I find it funny at the very end when the mom is, uh, Chris McNeil is asking the um, caretaker lady, the nanny, yeah, are you sure you don't want to come with us? He's like, nah, bitch. No, I love you, but no. Thank you. Anyway, here's the dead priest's uh, necklace. Right, right. (laughs) And I think that the necklace has something to do with the passing along of the demon spirit. I think the necklace was ripped off and then the demon was able to get into his body. Yeah. Well, the, the, the necklace itself has some significance because they definitely show it falling and hitting the ground at a particular moment where it seems like it, it just has... You mean during the dream that he had before his mother died? But Yeah, that well, time so and I, later on. I saw it as this is a symbol of his faith. And in that dream before his mom had died, his faith was falling. And, yeah. it was, and then when... Um, he while he had the faith, he didn't have that protection anymore. So that's how the demon was able to go inside him. But the father, Father Dyer, also he took it in his hand and he looked at it. And he was like, he, "Okay, I so don't want so this. they're moving out. They're moving out." And Father Dyer comes in and he's like, "You know, how is she doing?" Uh, apparently, Reagan wasn't remembering anything. And then um, that's when you know they're like, "Okay, we're leaving. We're out. This bitch, right?" Right. They lock up and they're driving away. Father Dyer gets called to the car and then gives. They give the um, the necklace to him. He goes, nah, you keep it, whatever, right? And they, they drive away. Father Dyer then goes back towards the stairs where uh, everybody was dying, right? Dennings and now Demi. And then walks back to the front of the house. He's like, I'm not taking those stairs because, yeah. you know, they're steep as fuck. Yeah. That and, was supposedly the ending of the original movie before the extra footage was added in. Right. The extra footage scene that, that was added in was this... Um, the detective comes back to the house to, mm-hmm. to you know, visit, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they have already gone. And yep. so they start a friendship. Yeah. That was one of the scenes. One of the other scenes that was cut was 
when um the contortionist scene when the contortionist scene yeah so in in the movie when um Dyer goes to tell them that Dennings had died. It's not Dyer, and I'm going to show you that it's not Dyer when we go back and recap this part of the movie. But I get what you're saying. Let's, for all intent and purposes, let's say I'm wrong and it's Dyer. So when Dyer goes and tells them uh-huh. that Dennings had died yep. and mm-hmm. they close the door on him uh-huh. when he leaves, yep. Reagan mm-hmm. spider walks backwards down Absolutely. the flight of stairs. Yep. And then as she gets to the bottom, this blood drips up, but she's All upside down. So it's like, yeah. Yep. So that was actually a contortionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't use that scene. Not exactly because it was too scary. Really? But because they didn't have the technology to hide the wires. Because it had to be so that when the, the they were crawling down, that it was like weightless. So they had a harness and they couldn't get rid of the wires when they re-released it they had the technology to remove the wires okay so that's what so the the reason why we're seeing it now in the newer version is because the technology they basically could green screen out that fucking wire where they couldn't do it properly before and you could still tell right all right well that i can understand slightly but i do feel like that is one of the more scarier scenes in the movie yeah that was a Badass fucking yeah. scene. So, so imagine they would have had the technology to leave that in. Like people would have lost their shit back people then. People lost their shit anyway. But they would have lost it even more. <laughs> it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And what I enjoyed the most, yes, this was a this was definitely um, a commentary on mental health and definitely re- made you realize that people, we need to get our shit together and re- recognize that Mental health issues are real and mental health issues need to be addressed. Um, they're the reason for mass shootings. There are, me- there are reasons for um, people hating on one another. And there are reasons why our society is as fucked up as it is. So you're tying this all into mental, health. mental health thing, which yeah, is definitely. my logic, which is, again, like the stance that I'm taking, which is it's not some supernatural like. No, Demon. sometimes we agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this movie a lot. I just didn't feel that it was as, as scary now as, as it was before. Yes, yeah, and I the agree. hype that they put up on like the whole what does it say on the, the scariest movie of all time? <laughs> really, really, the scariest movie of all time is The Exorcist. Maybe in seventy three and well, almost twenty twenty. No. Well, what is the scariest movie that you've seen? I haven't seen one yet for the last, like, 20 years. I'm fucking waiting for somebody to make a scary movie. Everything I see is a comedy. All I do is laugh. (laughs) Exactly. I love to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see anything that's scary. But then again, that might be me. It might be because I've I've completely removed that. You're also, like, the devil. (laughs) According to my dad, yeah. But well, no, according to your dad, I'm the devil. <laughs> no, according to my dad, I've been the devil's child since I was born. Well, that means he's the devil. Which makes no sense because that means my, oh, him or my mom are the devil. Well, you know, well, do I know them have eyes? Shout. Shout. Let at it the all devil? out. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, a great thing about this is check this out. I'm going to do two ice cream Sunday episodes on this. Yeah, really? Yeah. One on Pazuzu. And possession in general. Okay. But the other one on Paul Bateson. Who's Paul Bateson? Real life uh, serial killer who was in this movie. Wait, who did he play? He (laughs) played... You didn't read my notes. (laughs) 
He is the x-ray tech in the hospital scene. Um, and he was a serial killer from 1977 through 1978. Wait, wait, wait. And he killed, mutilated, dismembered six men. And he wrapped them in bags and tossed them into the Hudson. Whoa, hold on. So the guy, the actor, the actor who, played who played the x-ray, the x-ray tech, tech yes. turned out to be a fucking serial killer? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Talk about taking your work seriously. But I thought that was cool as shit. So I'm going to do an Ice Cream Sunday episode on Paul Bateson. All right. Paul Bateson. We're coming for you, Paul Bateson. They're scary. They're like the real life monsters. What what is he now? He's probably dead or fucking in jail. Well, I don't know. I haven't done done my research on him yet. I don't give a fuck. Come, Come get me, Paul Bateson. I'm right here. Fucker. He's over there. <laughs> oh, I'm right here. Come get me. All right. Anyways, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up. You know why I like movies about um, like serial killers and slashers about, you know, just people who are real versus people who are possessed mm-hmm. is because it's real. People are genuinely and really fucked up towards one another. So it's very easy to be like, oh, shit, that's happening as opposed to. There's a vampire. There's, you know, Walking Dead. Right? It's definitely like people fucking suck. Sure, sure. It's more realistic. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 There's that demented part of the mind, and then there's the imaginative part, which comes up with movie monsters and the boogeyman, which can actually still be very real and scary to people who believe in that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like The Exorcist. It was a good movie. I wasn't as scared this time around, but I definitely enjoyed watching it again. I did laugh a lot, and I tend to laugh a lot while watching most of the horror movies that we watch. But, hey, that's just me. And maybe some of you out there feel like me, and maybe some of you don't. But, you know, that's what this is all about is just interpretation and, uh, you know, what it means to you. I got to say, I did love this movie again, watching it again. Me too. Um, I did not get as scared as I used to. Um, Right. I wanted to ask you that because you were like, oh, my God, I can't watch this at night or by myself or whatever. So that said, Mm -hmm. I still walked through my house when it was dark last night and was like, God damn it. Why is my house so morbid? Right. (laughs) Because I have, you know, this over here, this over here, like things that are scary. Right. But I'm like, God damn it, why is my house so fucking morbid right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember um, by by accident, like, shutting a light off while we were watching the movie. And you were like, hey, you don't got to turn all the lights off. Stop and being I was so like, fucking rude, <laughs> selfish. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so I fucking... called you selfish. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's, not, it's not that scary. Stop like, turning turn the, the lights off, I want to turn the lights off so I can feel a little bit of scariness. But I you guess don't get scared. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> all right. It so, takes a lot to scare me. That's it for today. Don't look. <laughs> just have fun. Fuck everything else. Absolutely. Let's just enjoy the new year. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so check us out on our Instagram page, which is I underscore scream underscore parlor. Uh, visit our website, icecreampodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. Also, check out our Patreon page. Uh, The link is on the site, and it's going to be on the show notes. There you can have access to many things, including the Ice Cream Sunday episodes, which are the bonus episodes. Yes, yes. Um, And those are episodes on random topics, Mm -hmm. uh, non-horror movies. You'll have access to chat forums and Q&As with us. 
Yes. And I, swag. Exactly. Yes. We should have some new things. It's it's a new year. Everybody's being positive and everything, and we're going to do the same. We're looking forward um, to good things. We're going to have merch. We're going to have more episodes, more content. Anything else? What do you want to add? Make this decade a great one. Be close to your loved ones and do everything that makes you happy. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to end it. Yeah. This is a good year. I'm glad we got this started. I'm glad that we worked through all the kinks. You know, we've had, we started off with nothing. We've, you know, upgraded our we technology. We started off in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, we upgraded technology. Like we're, I understand, you oh, know, we've we had a, a little. we have a goal on our Patreon page that when we get 500 uh, patrons, um, we get to upgrade our cameras. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that would yeah. be nice. That would be really good. Um, maybe we can do some live events eventually. Maybe if we get enough people involved, we can go do like a full like uh, watch a movie and do a podcast live. That would be cool. Yeah, I think so. I think we can definitely figure something out. Yeah. Um, well, all right. Uh, this new year, by the way, we're going to have special guests starting with Larry Block, the writer of The Fun House. The Fun House, In yeah. January. Fun House is a movie directed by Toby Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper. <laughs> one of our favorite on directors of all time. <laughs> yeah, he directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes. 1974. And um, Fun House. And Fun House. So yes. uh, we're looking forward to him and a few other surprise guests coming up. Uh, so it's going to be fucking awesome. Yes. We will see you next year. See you Thanks next for coming. Year. Okay, bye.